Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the Big Nasty. Yeah, Big Nasty. Hall of Fame Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, baby. This is Mike Allstott, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother. You ain't listening, and you're missing out. Woo! Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new edition of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Back at you today for episode 101. And today is a very special episode because we're live on YouTube first and foremost. But second off, it's our first edition of the CFP Call-In Show. You can see the big phone number if you're watching on YouTube with us. 813-433-0323. Give us a call. Let's talk some bucks. But welcome back to the show. I am your host, as always, Rhett Matthew. Joined alongside me, my good buddy and co-host, the Philly Bucks fan himself, Mr. Evan Wanish. Evan, how are you doing today, my friend? Good. Um. So, like, from now on, is that like what I'm being like referred as? I guess. I, I think so. I-, I think. I think Mr. Bucks football is a little too vague. You yeah, know, it, it, it's like it, I represent the entire organization. Right. It covers the realm <laughs> of everything. But Philly Bucks fan, I wanted to go that route because you're the only guy I know who cheers for the Flyers, the Phillies, the 76ers, relentlessly posting about all of the developments on social media. And you're the only person I know who does not get mad when we bring up Tampa Bay shutting down the vet all those years ago. So I don't know. I like it. I like it. What do you think? Philly Bucks fan? Think it'll stick? Yeah, I don't, I don't see why not. Like, I mean, it's it's true, right? Like, I can I can sit and talk about like that NFC title game, like <laughs> not with other Philly fans, but right. Know. Yeah, you're the odd one out at the table, and we're welcome to have you in our Tampa Bay table. So let's get this show underway. We are live on YouTube for those of you guys watching us, and uh, we wanted to mix things up this week, try a little something new, something we haven't tried before. So of course, as I brought up before, you can see that big phone number on the screen eight one three four three three zero three two three. Give us a call and uh, let's talk Bucks. It's Combine Week. We've seen a lot of press conferences. We've seen a lot of impressive Combine performances, which for a lot of people can overrate some draft stock. But, of course, we'll cover all of that today. So if you guys want to give us a call, we'll talk about anything and everything you want Tampa Bay football related. Now, Mr. Philly Bucks fan, I, I feel bad pulling you away from the Flyers game because I know they're playing right now. How's that game going? Are you missing a barn burner? Uh, they're up two nothing right now over the Rangers. Um, they're trying to kill a penalty right now, so I got the game sort of on in the background, and uh, yeah, so it's all good though. It's all good. Heck yeah, heck yeah. So uh, as I brought up, it is Combine Week, and we've seen all sorts of news come out. The last time we did a show, the most recent news was uh, just the new uniforms being confirmed and some more speculation about Jameis Winston. And guess what? That's the exact same thing we have going on this week. So uh, let's just open it up with the hottest topic that I've seen, especially on Twitter. Now, our friends at Pewter Report, they put out an, uh, they put out an article, Scott Reynolds Fab Five, and uh, people kind of blew up over it. I mean, people exploded. And mm-hmm. I don't know if it was because of the tweet, the way that it promoted the story, because it said in big, bold letters, breaking. 
And this is coming from a fairly reliable buck source, so whenever someone sees BREAKING in all capital letters, they're going to stop what they're doing to read it. Now, this story basically flirted with the idea that the Bucks are going to use the franchise tag, but it not, might not be on Jameis Winston. Because, of course, right now the consensus is if they can't get a long deal done with Shaq Barrett, then they're just going to hit him with a franchise tag. And mm-hmm. I'm assuming both sides are going to want to get a deal done. But as of right now, it seems like the franchise tag for Shaq is the most realistic option. What do you think? Uh, yeah, like realistic, sure. Although I do think that they want, like, they want a long-term deal with Shaq. Like, yep. that's not like that's, you know, like like they they obviously really do. Um, but it, it was, you know, it was suggested that you know maybe maybe you know the franchise tag is in play, which would be around sixteen million dollars. Um, I'm not obviously I'm not sure what his demands are for a long-term contract as like per year. Um, but you got to think maybe it's around you know nineteen twenty million, and the Bucks just aren't really willing to pay that. Uh, who knows? But um, yeah, I mean, I do know they would love to get a long term deal done with Shaq. Like if they had to choose, probably who they would want to place the franchise tag on, they'd probably like it on Winston and a long term deal with Barrett. But that just doesn't seem to be the most likely scenario right now. Right, and I mean another wild card too that really messes up the plans they might have had with a contract for either of those guys is the collective bargaining agreement. I mean, we've heard so much over these past few days about how coming to a consensus on the new CBA is what's holding up a lot of contract talks, not only for Tampa Bay, but everyone else in the league. So normally this is the time of year you start to hear about who's going to be brought back to their teams the following year, who's going to be hitting free agency. But news in that department is just so slow because of the collective bargaining agreement and uh, the players' union not really having to sign that off yet. So... We kind of just have to wait yeah. and see with that. Well, and apparently, you know, the, the rumor is that might be holding up any negotiation with Tom Brady and the, and the Patriots. Right. Um, so, like, a lot of things seem to rely on this uh, bargaining agreement. And, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. I know they want to get it resolved here quickly. So, yeah. Speaking of Tom Brady, I just wanted to throw this in there to get a reaction out of the people watching. Have you seen that video clip going around? It was him and Julian Edelman, I He's think, not. At, a Syri- not. at a Syracuse game. He's not. It was the shot. Okay. So, I. I know what you're saying. I know you're quoting it correctly, no, but just for yeah, anyone, I'm, I'm quoting him directly. I'm not. I know. I'm not saying like I don't know what he's doing, but oh no, 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 like, no, no, no. I know like, what you he, mean. He's he's not like you so know. So for anybody watching who doesn't know what we're talking about, I believe last night or the night before there was a video surfacing of a TV broadcast. It was from a college basketball game, and Tom Brady and Julian Edelman are sitting courtside. The camera looks up, and they go, "All right, there are some star power in the audience tonight." Julian Edelman yells to the camera. He goes, he's coming back. He's coming back. And, dude, the look that Tom gave him. He looked, like, annoyed. He looked like he just said something he shouldn't have said on national TV. Far worse than two words. And then he looks at him, kind of gives him this half-assed smile, looks away real slow. And then right before the camera cuts away, you see Tom Brady go, he's not. And then yeah, he shakes his he shakes his head and he's like he's not. Now oh, there was man. there was some discussion on whether he's saying like he's not or like this guy. You know what I mean? Like oh, this uh, guy the right professional here. Professional lip right? readers out there. But I mean, I was looking at it, and I'm not a great lip reader, but sure seems like he said something along those lines. Now, obviously, could he be joking? Of course, but I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> 
We need some professional lip readers out there. If you're in the camp where yeah. you want Tom Brady to come to Tampa and you also know how to read lips, give us a call. 813-433-0323. Let's talk some Buccaneers, guys. Or, you know, if you're like a, a sad and lonely Rangers fan, because they're down 3 nothing now. So. Oh, man, that's rough. <laughs> oh, man, that, that's good. That's good. Um, yeah, but, I mean... I, 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 if I still had the bet, I would say Tom Brady goes back to New England. I just think he's just trying to troll everybody right now. I think so, too. I think that's the name of his game. I mean, going all the way back to the Super Bowl, which is crazy, but it's almost a month ago. Can you believe that? He had that whole commercial with Hulu, and then at the end of the commercial, he says, I'm not going anywhere. That's the name of I his see, game. He loves well, all the me, attention. To me, that was more like a retirement thing. Right. To me, that wasn't necessarily a New England thing. Hmm. That was like, you know, contemplating retirement. That's how I interpreted that. Yeah, because it was that really cryptic, uh, it was that really quick, uh, cryptic social media post he sent out where it looked like the, uh, the cover of a rap album. He's standing yep. in the hallway of Gillette Stadium looking out at the black and white field. Really, really symbolistic. Huh. Now, let's, uh, let's shift gears over to our Tampa Bay quarterback for the time being. That's Mr. Well, James. What, who, Ryan Griffin? Because he's the only one under contract. Uh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Well, let's talk about the Buccaneers. Technically, if you if you're talking about the Bucks roster right now, technically the season started tomorrow. The season started tomorrow. Ryan Griffin is our starting QB, right? Uh, yeah, because he's he's the only one, and they they don't have they don't have uh, barely a defense. Like their defensive line isn't like I mean they might they don't even have players to play defensive line, let alone good ones. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so I mean, it would be interesting. I think a lot of teams should do that. What? So like, play a game that doesn't count, but for your free agent sign, I'm obviously kidding. But like a whole like, scrimmage. Yeah, before your free like agent sign game. Yeah, like but before your free agent sign, just to see what your team looks like without those guys. Then that'll determine their value. <laughs> maybe, maybe, uh, dude, you can always propose it. Just write it in for the new collective bargaining agreements. Yeah. 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 There you go. Guys, if you are watching right now, give us a call, 813-433-0323. I see a whole lot of people in the live chat right now. Everybody watching, I know you're yeah, on a phone. Yeah, give us a call. Come on. Yeah, give us a call. Let's talk some Tampa Bay Buccaneers football, 813-433-0323. But I brought up Jameis Winston, the free agent quarterback. Let me not say Tampa Bay Buccaneer quarterback. The free agent of the time being quarterback. <laughs> There was some news that came out that was confirmed this week. Now, this is news that has been floating around for weeks from several different sources, sources we've had firsthand experiences with here on the show. But Jameis Winston played pretty much the second half of the season with a torn meniscus. The story broke. People are talking about it now. And the key word with this guy is resiliency. Because we can sit here and talk about the good stats, the bad stats, all of that. But right now, we're talking about the torn meniscus. Jameis refused to sit. He was injured enough to where he could have just taken the rest of the season off, and he did not. Now, did it hurt him for the worse because he threw seven interceptions over the last few games? Uh, maybe. But you can't deny that this is a guy who loves to play football. And for this reason, I mean, he was on a team that we knew wasn't really going to make the playoffs. So for him to come out and play the way that he did with a torn meniscus on top of an injured thumb, I mean, it's just, what a way to make a statement. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, and, you know, credit to some some sources out there that, that claimed that there was an issue. 
um, you know, with with his his eyesight and his, you know, they played through an injury. So, right. uh, yeah, it's it's you know, it's funny. You know, this stuff comes out now, right? When when they're right in the middle of a contract negotiation, it's all like a negotiating tactic, basically. So, like you know. Like, uh, Jameis Winston's camp can basically say, well, you know, he put up this many numbers when he was, you know, his meniscus and, you know, LASIK and all this stuff. So, yeah, pay us, right? Like, give yeah. us money. Um, and the Bucks are like, well, sure, but, you know, like, th- th- that's what a lot of this is. Um, obviously, I mean, it's he, he needed it, obviously. I'm not saying that he didn't need the surgery but or procedure. Um, but, I mean... A lot of it is like it's coming out now because this is like when they're seriously negotiating. Like the franchise tag deadline is March twelfth. It's currently March first right now. Yeah. So you know, free agency opens March eighteenth, but the legal tampering period starts March sixteenth. Um, basically, how free agency works now is that legal tampering period is basically the start of free agency. They just can't be official until you know March eighteenth or whatever, but. Basically, March 16th, you're going to hear Schefter and Ian Rappaport and all these other sources claim deals and deals and deals. Because these guys have been talking with each other, like not like players oh, yeah. and teams themselves, but like, you know, like the agents of, of players and stuff like the Bucks have been obviously obviously they can talk to James Winston as much as they want. But I'm sure there have been other teams that have contacted James Winston's agent um, and, and tried to talk Um Obviously now it would be tampering, so a lot of that stuff goes on, you know, at you know, in Indianapolis face to face, in you know, hotel rooms and bars and stuff. But yeah, um, you know, a lot of that stuff is going on right now. So yeah, and that's the thing is, I was going to kind of follow up and say exactly what you're saying is uh, the closest thing that it can be to tampering without tampering is everything that's going on right now. Teams are talking to yep. players, players are scouting around, and it's it's very nonchalant. It's a don't-ask-don't-tell kind of atmosphere in the NFL right now. So people are figuring things out, numbers are being drawn up, I'm sure discussions are being had, it's just not necessarily public knowledge until the deadline comes around. Now, yep. I wanted to ask you your thoughts. It's Combine Week. Yep. We see some really good combine performances every single year for a lot They're of people. Very good this year. This year, I don't. Oh, wow. A, a lot of performances this year that you really just didn't expect. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there were a lot of guys that maybe were on the Bucks' radar that I think might have boosted their draft stock to just maybe be in a top 10 pick. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately for the Bucks. And a lot of guys, you know, they were hoping to get maybe the fourth or fifth round just went in the third or second round. So, right. So who are some guys this week that you had noticed that maybe would have been on Bucks fans radar and who do you think is less of a possibility now because I know for sure it's definitely some names that we've brought up here on the show in the past. Yeah, so the the big names I'm going to start with. It, it the the two is probably Mackay Beckton, the uh, offensive tackle from Louisville and Tristan Wirfs, offensive tackle from Iowa. Those guys just had a great week. Um you know they were already great prospects, but now you know they proved it. Like I mean, Mackay Becton, man, a dude that big should not be able to move that quick. And I know a lot of people have like some concerns with like his overall traits and stuff, and his tape isn't the greatest. But like this dude's still a stud. Um, they, I think you take him and you just work with him. Tristan Wirfs, Tristan Wirfs, you know, proved that he's still 
one of the more athletic tackles in the league as well. And, you know, he can play, you know, he's a plug and play starter at right tackle. You know, some teams have him as guard. I personally think he can play right tackle and be a pretty darn good one. So um, we'll, we'll definitely see what happens. But unfortunately for the Bucks, I mean, those two guys, they hit it out of the park and um, not sure if they're going to be available at all for, you know, for at 14. Um, you know, I mean, all four of the top offensive tackles, I guess you can say, but you got four, right? Yep. You got Andrew Thomas from Georgia, Tristan Wirfs, Mackay Beckton, and Jedrick Wills from Alabama. The the person I heard the least amount of was probably Jedrick Wills, but I mean his tape speaks for himself. He is a mauler, and he's just a great football player. And I, I right now he's my top rated offensive tackle. Um, I just think he's just really good, so I wouldn't expect him. But you know the one name I think might get lost in the shuffle here is Andrew Thomas. I, I think he he could possibly end up at fourteen, and if he does, I think the Bucks probably take him. But I mean, we'll see. Because, I mean, one thing I wanted to point out on the show today. So we got these four offensive tackles. And the rumor is that, like, the Giants at four are going to maybe covet Isaiah Simmons, who hit the hit it way out of the park and over the park, oh, yeah. you know, uh, yesterday at the Combine. So, he was one of the top names for sure all week long. Yeah, I mean, it's, and he's just a great football player. You can play him anywhere on your defense pretty much. So the rumor is that the Giants could possibly take him at four. So let's say they do, right? The Giants are either going to take him, Derek Brown, or an offensive tackle. So let's say they do. They take Simmons. Five is probably Tua, right? Miami, it's a quarterback. Six, let's say they pick Herbert, right? Seven, I don't really see Carolina taking an offensive tackle. They're probably going to take Derek Brown. Eight, the Cardinals, they could use an offensive tackle, but like they've been rumored to really like a wide receiver. And then you're sitting at nine. Do, do you see kind of what I'm getting at here? The, yeah. the, the the math is starting to really be a nice scenario for the Buccaneers. I mean, there's four offensive tackles still available at pick number nine. You know what I mean? Like, Jacksonville, they could probably use one, but I don't know if they take one. Um, and then, like, Cleveland, I think they're probably definitely taking one. The Jets are probably definitely taking one. But the Raiders, the Raiders drafted Colton Miller and signed Trent Brown last year. They're not taking one. And the Colts have Braden Smith and Anthony Costanza, who is a free agent, but I think will probably be back. They're not taking one. Right. So simple math shows that one of those offensive tackles could very well be there if the Giants decide, you know, to go with Isaiah Simmons. Um, but, I mean, we'll see. We'll, we, we'll, we will see. If, if I had to bet right now, out of all four of the offensive tackles to be there, I'd probably put some money on Andrew Thomas. N- uh, not a lot of money, but Andrew Thomas probably would be the guy. Yeah. Now, not only is that offensive line position what a lot of Bucks fans are looking at, especially well, for the first I, round. I, I, see in the, I see in the chat Jacksonville might, might go for Simmons. Simmons ain't going to be there at nine. So, yeah, I don't think he I'm saying like Simmons. Either. Sim, if Simmons goes four, what's Jacksonville left with? You know, so mm-hmm. yeah. So the offensive line, offensive tackle position in particular, is what's on the forefront of a lot of Bucks fans' minds for the first round. Even maybe some defensive line possibilities. Um, I know there's a couple of names out there. We brought up Javon Kinlaw in the past, but let's look more towards the second, third round, your mid-round guys, where you can still get a top talent player, just not as much exposure as the rest of the guys in the first round. There's one guy in particular I wanted to ask you about, 
and it's a running back out of Florida State. Who would have guessed it? Mr. Cam <laughs> Akers. What are Galvin your thoughts Cook? on oh, him? Sorry, Mike. My, my bad. Wrong guy. Um, I love Cam Akers. I'm a, I'm a big Cam Akers guy. He's a top five back in his class for me. Um, and like I said, unfortunately for the Bucks, he uh, he really helped us stock out. Yeah. Um, so I mean, you could you were thinking maybe he's there in the fourth round. There's no way he's there in the fourth round now. Um, there's just no way. So if you want this guy, you're gonna probably take him in the third round. You might even have to move up in the late second if you really want him. Um, but I mean, the Bucks met with him, so I mean, they they have shown some interest. I just think he's a really good player that was on a bad FSU team. Like, I mean, their offensive line has been a mess for years, and he was still able to make something out of nothing. Right. So, do I think he's on the same level as Dalvin Cook? No, I don't. I think he's a step down from Dalvin Cook as a prospect. But, like, I mean, I'm personally of the belief they shouldn't draft a running back in the first three rounds. But if you're sitting there in round three and Akers is available, I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to it, I guess. Um, but I mean, yeah, there's can, there's a lot to like with cam makers a, a lot. Now, let me throw another running back name at you. That's Jonathan Taylor. How do you feel mm. about that guy? Don't like him as much as others. Uh, fumbling is an issue. He, he's had trouble to hanging on to the football. Uh, I think he's a, a better receiver than a lot of people give him credit for as he proved at the combine. Uh, he's like, they were doing them drills and I think he didn't drop a ball or something like that. Um, I mean, he's a good, really good runner, really fast. But, you know, I just, I don't know. I'm just not as, I don't see it as much, you know. Um, I, I think he could be a, a really good back. But I also, like I said, that fumbling stuff, that scares me. Um, so lean away towards Jonathan Taylor, especially if, you know, for Taylor, you're going to have to use, you might even have to trade up in the second round to get him. So, like, you're using a really premium pick to pick that guy. I'd feel much more comfortable, you know, maybe waiting until the third, picking Cam Akers. Even the second, picking a guy like uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire from LSU, he's the total package to me. He is the, the perfect uh, back for this system. And, you know, he can receive the ball. He can, you know, he can do it all. He can run the ball. Um, he's not really fast, but a lot of people say, like, he's more quick than, like, fast. So it, his 40 time wasn't that great. But I think he's definitely a guy that, you know, really helped his stock. I mean, there was a chance he was there in the third round. After this weekend, probably, like, if the Bucks won him, they're going to have to pick him at 45. Um, but, I mean, you know, a lot of the running backs showed out. Like, they really did. And, it's not that I don't like Jonathan Taylor. It's that I don't like him as much as others, basically. Yeah. No, I get you. I, there's definitely a lot of hype around Jonathan Taylor. Uh, I saw J.C. Cornell. He had posted it up saying that Jonathan Taylor, Ronald Jones would be a really deadly duo in Tampa Bay. There's Which, a lot I of mean, hype might not be wrong. He might not be wrong, but, I mean, like, would you want to, like, Jonathan Taylor might be, like, a late first-round pick. Like, you're not trading back into the first round for that guy. Right. Like, I mean... I, John You'd rather Taylor, take your chances on a guy like we just mentioned, Cam Akers, the possibility of him falling to the late second round or even third round if he's still there. I don't mm -hmm. know. It's hard for me to believe that Cam Akers would be available in the third round. I I wouldn't. Mm, I wouldn't personally be mad I, I, if the yeah, Bucks snatched I, I him up in the second. If he, I'm honest he, with you, he's get well. I think in the second, like if if you take him over a guy like Clyde Edwards-Helaire. Uh, that'd be questionable. If you're going to take a running back in the second round and, like, J.K. Dobbins isn't available, I would take Clyde Edwards-Hilaire probably. But Yeah. 
If you guys have any combine standouts for you this week, give us a call, 813-433-0323. We'll bring you on the show. We'll talk about Tampa Bay football and, of course, everything NFL Combine because it is the hottest topic of the week right now. Speaking of Combine, I guess we should follow up about a guy that I have talked highly about on the show time and time again. He kind of made an ass out of himself. And I, it, it, we just we have to bring it up. And it sucks because I like this guy. He just he had a really rough week. And uh, I brought him up after the Shrine game. He played in the Shrine game. USF tight end Mitchell Wilcox. Oh, no. I feel I, bad for him. I said before that, you know, in my critique of him, he's not built like a tight end. You know, he couldn't play tight end in the NFL tomorrow. He would need probably a full offseason in the weight room to really fill out his frame. But I think he's an okay pass-catching tight end. I think he's maybe a guy you can sneak out on a route or two every now and again. But he just did not have a good week. And, and the highlight or the low light of his week was uh, he took a fastball to the face. Oh, man. Didn't even see it coming. Trail. It popped a blood vessel in his eye. Yeah. So if you guys haven't seen it, there's this video of Mitchell Wilcox running through one of the catching drills, and he looks over to his left, and I don't know if the ball was fired too soon. I don't know if he just wasn't ready. I don't know if it was off target. But, I mean, he took it flush to the face, and it was pretty hard to watch. Um, I heard the rest of his week was, of course, you know, not super standout-ish. Um, he wasn't projected to be a first, second, or third round guy, but to see him have a rough week like that really sucks. Hopefully he's all healed up and ready to go because he does have his pro day for USF, I believe, within the next few weeks here. I want to say March 13th, but that date might be wrong. Don't quote me on that. Um, but yeah, really rough week for him, dude. Was uh, Was there anybody this week at the Combine that you were looking at that didn't have as good a performance as you wish they would have? Uh, yeah, there was, there was a few guys that I was kind of like, eh, like kind of wish you were a little bit better. Um, off the top of my head, like, I, I like a lot of like some of the corners I was kind of, I mean, I know the bucks aren't really going to be looking at like a lot of the top end corners. Um, but some of the corners 40 times weren't like the greatest, um, Austin Jackson from USC. Uh, I, I know, that a lot of people have pinned him to the box in like two round mocks, stuff like that. Uh, Lucas Niang, um, I like him. TCU, he's a tackle as well. Um, he didn't do horrible, I guess. I was just expecting a little bit more from him. Um, but I mean, there was nobody that really like stood out that I was like, whoa, like that's horrible, you know? Right. Um, like the like, there's obviously there all, every year there's gonna be guys that like you want them to do well and they're, they underperform a little bit and you're like, eh, you know, um, like not great, but you know, we'll see what happens. A lot of these guys, their pro day matters more to them than this. Um, right. Because their pro days when NFL teams can get even more up close and personal with them. And you know, they're more comfortable in their own stadium and stuff like that. Like a lot of these guys, um, their pro days. Like I was disappointed, obviously, to see you know Joe Burrow not throw and Tua not throw. Obviously, Tua is the injury. Burrow was just a you know decision, but um, you know it's it's definitely the combine is becoming less and less of like a like an actual like thing that matters, I guess. Um, because like a lot of people can get like fooled by the combine. 
another thing I was kind of disappointed in, I kind of wanted to see Caleb on chase on do the bench press, which he didn't. Um, because I, I was just curious. Like, I mean, I know, like, I if you've listened to the show, you know, I'm a big fan of him. Yeah. But um, a little disappointed he didn't do the bench press. I would like to see what he was able to bench, but it's no big deal. Yeah. There were a lot of guys that blew some people away at the bench press. There was that one punter. He had 25 oh reps. God. I don't remember his name. I don't remember his name either, really. Oh, man, that's really a shame. We just had Bradley Pinion on the last episode, and we can't name the punter putting on for the brand. That's a shame. Thank you for calling CFP. What's your name and where are you calling from? It's Ren again. Ren, welcome back, my friend. I promise I didn't <laughs> hang up on you in vain the first time. No, it's all right. Actually, for some reason, it's working. So now I tried to call just through my cell phone and uh, not through Skype, and it's working. So, all right, so these are all bugs you got to go through, my friend. Trust me, <laughs> I've been there. It's all the growing pains. All right. So from what uh, from what we're gonna do here, stay on the line for me. I'm going to add Evan. I've got my mouse over the add button. So if for whatever reason you get hung up on, I promise it's not me. I'm going to click add in three, two, one. And it is added Evan Wanish to the call. Evan, my friend, are you here and can you hear us? No, he cannot. It says he's still calling. Ren, are you still here? I'm still here. All right. It says we're calling Evan. I think Evan just joined the okay. call. Evan, are you here, my friend? Yes, I am. Awesome. So we're here. The first successful phone call in CFP history is occurring <laughs> at 1.38 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, March 1st, 2020, with Mr. Ren Dax from the PewterCast. Ren, how are you doing today, my friend? I am good. Congratulations. I'm very proud of you, too. Hey, thank you thank so you. much, man. I'm glad you were here to witness it. <laughs> so what's uh, up? What are we talking about? Uh, anything and everything. You know, it's Combine Week. We're talking about some of the really good performances. We were talking about Mitchell Wilcox taking a ball right to the face and popping a blood vessel. And then, of course, we talked yeah, about yeah. the uh, certain article that got people up in arms over the possibility of a franchise tag being used on one player over another. So uh, what do you want to talk about? What's right. your take on all of this and what's on your mind? Well, I mean, you know, poor Mitchell Wilcox. Yeah, that was that was not a good look, obviously. But this is a this is a pretty poor tight end class. Like, I don't even know that uh, tight end's going to be taken, you know, in the second round, unless somebody wants to, you know, go up and get Claypool, uh, the wide receiver from Notre Dame, and turn him into a tight end. But I think his testing pretty much solidified himself as as a big slot wide receiver. Uh, there were some guys that I was looking at, like, you know who I really liked was Jackson out of Syracuse. He's a wide receiver. Uh, just the way he caught the ball. You know, it, it's hard to watch the combine when the announcers are continually talking about, like, the two, three guys uh, that we expect to do well in testing, you know, while you're watching the broadcast, and they just keep talking about those guys. But you really got to pay attention to, you know, when they're talking, you know, to whatever ex-NFL players on the field and they're joking back and forth and they're just running the combine in the back, a guy, that, that guy Jackson out of Syracuse, like, I just thought he was the most natural pass catcher uh, that was there, you know. And that's, those are the type of players that I'm looking for because I don't think Perryman's coming back. He's going to get priced out. And, you know, a day three wide receiver is there to be had. You know, people are talking about 30 wide receivers being taken in this draft. Yeah, and crazy. we seem to only talk about, like, we seem to only talk about five or six of them. Mm -hmm. Well, who the hell are the other 24? Like, so <laughs> that was fun to watch. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's other 24 other guys. So that was fun to watch. And, you know, I, I just, that whole 
uh, thing with, with uh, Peter Report, Scott Reynolds put that out there. It just needed to be said. Like, no one talked about it. Yeah. Like, every, like no one ever actually said, well, like, no one actually took on the subject of, hey, wait, why don't we let Jameis walk and see what happens? Like, no one mm-hmm. said that. No one's actually took a deep dive into seeing what, if we let Jameis walk, these are some possibilities that could happen. And, of course, because it's Jameis Winston, he's our quarterback, and he's so polarizing, you know, uh, the half that cannot even fathom that even being a possibility, you know, sounded off on Twitter. But I thought it was something that needed to be said. I don't agree with it, but I didn't have a problem with it. So what kind of what kind of market do you think he would have? Because, I, I mean, I'm assuming the Bucks think it's not going to be much. Well, you know, if I knew that, I'd be working somewhere yeah. with enough <laughs> a logo on my chest. <laughs> uh, it, it, the thing is, it only takes one. I mean, who thought Kirk Cousins was going to get $90 million guaranteed? Mm-hmm. You know, nobody. You know, so it only takes one. I would say with his market, because I listen to other podcasts and read other stuff, and there's this podcast that went out there, and they're like, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to place all the free agent quarterbacks where we think they make sense to a team, okay? And they didn't even put salary into it. At the end, there was one guy that didn't have a team. Guess who it was? Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston. There you go. Yeah, so, you know, his value – could somebody pay him $30 million? Yeah. You know, but out there, I think he's probably more kind of what he made this year. You know, around 20, 22, 23 are probably the offers he's going to get if they go that route. Um, but, you know, obviously the big problem with doing that is if you let Jameis walk, you know, you guys talked about earlier in the show, Ryan Griffin's the only guy, you know, under contract. Like, you need some, you can't have Jameis hold you hostage like that. Right. And that's why you keep hearing this talk about door number two, door number three, door number four. Mm-hmm. And right now, you know, Brent and I did a show about it. You know, I just kind of nailed Brent down and said, well, let's, let's have this discussion. Like, name all the quarterbacks you'd rather have than Jameis Winston. And he did. And then you had to scratch off, well, Patrick Mahomes, guess what? He's not coming. Aaron Rodgers, guess what? He's not coming. Lamar Jackson, you know, like, go, you know go down the list. And there are only about two or three guys and, like, one of those guys is still under contract you have to trade for. So it's really, like, Jameis, Brady, maybe Rivers, and that's kind of it. Like, that's the market for the Buccaneers right now. And it almost seems like, you know, I've heard some people talk about it. We talked about it on our last show as well. If you do decide to go the route of, like, okay, let's take our chance. Let's go after a guy like Brady. You let Jameis walk, he gets whatever he gets on the market, goes wherever he goes. Maybe a team doesn't pick him up and you get lucky. But, like, it it almost seems like it's all or nothing if that's the route you want to go. Like, if you let Jameis walk and you're going to shoot to get Brady, you better get Brady. Because if you get outbid and you don't get Tom Brady, then you're left without a quarterback and you're kind of effed for the upcoming season, right? Yeah, well, and that's the nice thing about the franchise tag is they can franchise him, and then if Jameis doesn't sign it, they can pull it back whenever they want to. Mm-hmm. So they can do the franchise tag on Jameis Winston, and then they can wait for free agency to start. <laughs> Sorry. No, you're good. Free agency to start, and then so there's Tom Brady there, and they're not going to let Jameis go without having Tom Brady like in the bag. They're just not going to do that. And the only way they can prevent themselves or protect themselves from doing that is franchise tag Jameis Winston. Or, you know, maybe they sign him to a long-term deal or, or a two-year two deal, you know, before free agency even starts. But 
that's what they're going to If they're looking to see what Tom Brady wants, that's the only way they can go about it and protect themselves. Uh-huh. And the Jameis could screw them and just like, oh, you're franchising me? And walk into one buck and sign it the first day. Yeah. And then, you know, you're stuck with Jameis. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, you know, so... There, there was the possibility, of course, of if Brady would go to Las Vegas, possibly you know Derek Carr could be available. But I mean, like, right. would you really rather have Derek Carr over Jameis Winston? Like, I feel like it's pretty close. Um, mm-hmm. But like the the big issue with Carr is that like a lot of people have been said that you know he's sometimes like scared to push the ball downfield, and I just don't like. I think he has the arm for it. I just don't know if Bruce Arians, if that's the type of Bruce Arians quarterback that you know he would want here. Yeah, it's a real interesting case with Derek Carr because I mean you know we saw him come into Tampa Stadium and throw for oh. goddamn near five hundred yards against us. You know, <laughs> thank you know. Because, I Lest mean because they got twenty two penalties. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was like first and 20, like every time the Raiders had the ball, so he had to sling it. But still, I mean, you know, thank you, Mike Smith. But you also forget that before he broke his ankle, the Raiders were like 12-4, and four, like second seed in the playoffs, and Derek Carr was in the, was in the uh, conversation for league MVP. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm drinking water. My, my throat is, is leaving me. My voice is leaving me on you guys. So he's in the league for MVP. Then they get rid of Amari Cooper, and now he has no deep threats. And everyone's like, you don't push the ball down the field. I think Derek Carr's a good enough quarterback where he can find that happy medium. So I guess really the argument is right now, you know, from a very wide-angle lens is, do you take Derek Carr, <coughs> excuse me, and his 4,000 yards and 10 interceptions, or do you want Jameis Winston's you know, 45, 46, 5,000 yards, and if you're lucky, 15 interceptions? Like, that's what you have to do. Basically, you're betting on whose ceiling you can live with. I think everyone thinks that Jameis' ceiling is higher, mm-hmm. but his floor is a lot lower, too. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I think that's that's probably the, the, the case. I mean... Like James is upside, and that's exactly why I think a team might take a chance on Winston in the open market. Is you know if they look at it like that, like his his upside is is much bigger, but his floor is also you know a, a lot like a lot lower. But I think they just think the upside is just going to overmatch the the you know the downside of it and be able to offer him some money. So we'll see what happens. With so many quarterbacks out there during this free agency and uh, so many teams wanting quarterbacks, things are going to move really, really fast. And some of these guys are going to get overpaid because these teams just can't be left out in the cold. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, so once free agency hits, it's going to go fast and furious. I wouldn't be surprised, like, after halfway through the first day, you know, two QBs are already signed. Yeah, especially with the holdup. I mean, we kind of mentioned earlier in the show with, you know, the collective bargaining agreement holding up some contract talks. That's the huge factor for this, and, and you're right. Once that free agency really opens, it's going to come fast. It's going to come furious, and, I mean, there's probably going to be quite a few guys who get overpaid, maybe some guys who don't hit the market and get the price they'd expect right away. It's just it's a really big question mark in the realm of the NFL right now and free agency in itself, but... At this point, we just have to hurry up and wait and see. But, Ren, we really, appreci- uh, we really appreciate you calling in, man. Take it easy. Take it easy on your voice. Get some, like, hot tea. Drink some honey. Do something, dude, because uh, you guys got to continue to put out some good content. 
I'll be fine. This happens to me like twice a year. Just ask Brent. <laughs> I know for me, allergy season usually strikes beginning of March, end of February, so it's that time of year for myself as well. i got to get back on my Zyrtec, get myself straightened out for work next week, because I know it hits me at the worst possible time. But thank you so much for calling in, ladies and gentlemen, Ren Dax of the Pewtercast. Make sure you go check those guys out. They continue to do great work. And uh, when can we expect a new Pewtercast from you guys? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, don't know. <laughs> we just, we just, uh, we, well, we put out two this week. Uh, we did sort of a mem- memorandum to uh, Casey Rogers. That was, uh, I thought that was a real nice one. Brent did a real great job with the interview. If you don't know what I'm talking about, he's the guy that announced Devin White at the draft last year, flew down and sort of had like this really great miracle 48 hours with the Buccaneers. <clears throat> okay, here we go. And then we just <laughs> did one where we put together uh, everyone's saying, like, can you sign all these defensive guys? And so Brett and I sat down and went to OverTheCap.com and Spotrack, and you know what? We we built a 53-man roster. And can you sign Jameis? And can you sign Nassib and Sue and and Barrett and all these guys and, and fill out the rest of your roster with the cap that they have? So that came out just a couple of days ago. Um, our next one, I'm sure, will be very combine-heavy. We'll have a special guest on, uh, probably someone who was there. Uh, to kind of, you know, kind of roll through who they liked, who they didn't like, you know, the combine stuff, you know what's going on. Alrighty. It's that time of year. Hurry up and wait. We'll figure out once the CBA gets all settled. Players agree with everything proposed. Free agency will hit, and I'm sure we'll have a hell of a lot to talk about. So, Ren, thanks for calling in, buddy, and we'll talk to you soon. Alright, bye. See ya. Alrighty. So, I'm glad we were live and we sat here and we figured out the phone call situation because now it seems like we're up and rolling. Give us a call, 813-433-0323. We'll take a few more phone calls before we wrap this thing up now that we've actually got ourselves rolling here. Um, but it's interesting he brought up the tight end class because, you know, that was what he kind of opened up with was the tight end class this year is really just not that good. Um, uh, I agree. <laughs> I, I think the top tight end in that class is a uh, tight end at a Notre Dame, and I, I – Oh, I forget his name. Ah, oh, and I guess that proves just how bad the class is. But um, yeah, there was a lot of guys that are projected to be taken in the third round, maybe not even in the first round at all. If there's a tight end that goes in the first, yeah. but um, no, Cole yeah, Komet. I don't. I, I yeah, I'd be shocked if there's a tight end that went in the first round. Cole Komet is the uh, is yep. the guy that I was talking about, one of the yeah, top right. projected tight ends, and I mean he's projected to go in the second and third, and. You know, it just doesn't seem like there's a lot of guys. Another guy, Thaddeus Moss out of LSU, he had some pretty big highlights this year. I mean, him and Joe Burrow did what they needed to do, but I guess it just wasn't enough to give him that first round draft stock. So what do you guys? The, the son of the son of Randy Moss, right? Yeah, the son of the infamous Randall Moss, one of the greatest NFL players in history. Randall, wow, there you yeah, right, go. yeah, fancy. I'm looking up the uh, the tight end rankings now. Another big guy people are talking about, Jared Pinkney out of Vanderbilt. Yep. He's a tight end. I like uh, I like Adam Trot Adam Troutman Troutman a lot. I see Albert Okwegabonam. I think I yeah. Um, that was the guy that ran like a four four. Yeah, <laughs> that's like a that tight was end. Crazy, that was crazy. Um, Hunter Bryant, tight end out of Washington. Adam Troutman, tight end out of Dayton. So. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of huge names. You know, there's nobody yep. overwhelming that's coming into this draft that you would say, let's get him in the first round. If you guys have anything you want to talk about, of course, we talked about the Jameis Winston, Shaq Barrett franchise tag. We went over some guys who stood out at the Combine, some guys who did quite the opposite at the Combine. 
So anything and everything you want to talk about. People are talking about XFL in the live chat right now. Call mm-hmm. in. Talk about the XFL. Let's do it. Let's talk about the kickoff rules. Let's talk about Josh Johnson throwing dimes left and right for the Los Angeles Wildcats. Former Tampa Bay Buccaneer showing up and showing out in the XFL, right? Yeah, he's been good. What about DC? Uh, well, he torched DC last week, so. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, they play at Tampa, I believe, today. So Yes, they do. That kickoff is at 7 p.m. I almost don't want to watch it because I just hate the Vipers. Like, I, I, let's just be let's just be frank here. I haven't hated a team like I hate the Vipers in a long time. Like, what, it, it, I don't hate Tampa really? sports team. I really don't. <laughs> Except really? for the Rays, maybe. But what? Is it, is it really like out of all the years that the Bucks have like disappointed you so much? You're you're you hate an XFL team that much? I hate an XFL team simply because of Mark Tressman. It's not that I hate the team. It's not that I hate the product on the field most of the time because that's a big part of it. Um, but I just can't stand Mark Tressman. So which team would you hate more, this Vipers team or the 2014 Bucks team? This Vipers team. What? Yeah. That 2014 Bucks team went 2-14, and 14, dude. They sure the shit did, and this Tampa Bay Vipers team has yet to win a game. So, uh, okay, um, uh, whatever. <laughs> yeah, game four today. If they can shock me and beat your team, the D.C. Defenders, then maybe we'll have something to, uh, something to talk about. But if the D.C. Defenders come in and they steamroll and they sack Zach Cornelius, Taylor Cornelius, 17 times, which I know they will, there's nothing to talk about. Our, so our, I, I our thought, only glimmer of hope in Quentin Flowers started. is gone. He's gone. I thought I thought Aaron Murray was starting the game. No. Uh, Zach Cor- or Cornelius is going to get the start because Aaron Murray was limited in practice. <sighs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> okay. Right? Doesn't it, make, doesn't it hurt your head? It, it's weird. <laughs> it is. Nobody else has an issue with quarterback. Like, they all have, like, their own, like, I'm not even saying it's not really, like, a controversy even. It's just like they just don't know like who they're starting on a week to week basis. Like you don't know like Quentin Flowers could have possibly left the team, but they nobody confirms it. Like Quentin <laughs> Flowers like, should like have it. gotten the start. And I think that's what makes it so infuriating for so many people is that Quentin Flowers, a born and bred Tampa guy, which sure as hell doesn't help in this situation. Big USF star playing in the stadium that made him a star. He gets a touchdown. The first offensive touchdown in Vipers history, and the very next drive, he's pulled from the game. That's why people Mm -hmm. hate this football team. What if Jameis Winston, right, came out, got us all the way down the field, offense is humming, and from 20 yards out, he just scrambles. He jukes like three people, and then he dives over the pylon like he did against the Giants his rookie year. And it's a highlight reel touchdown. And in the very next drive, you see Ryan Griffin taking snaps. (laughs) How would that make you feel? Uh, yeah, I, I sort of, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. <laughs> I think Quentin Flowers was the only hope that this team had at turning anything around. The offense was humming, and he showed us against uh, New York that he was able to hit the deep ball. And it just, I don't know, man. Maybe he needed some more reps in practice. Maybe they didn't like what they saw. But to me, there's no reason he shouldn't have been given at least a chance to start a football game. But now he is taking a personal leave of absence from the XFL. And as of right now, we don't know if he requested his release if he's going to come back he went live on social media i think instagram last night he was talking to some fans telling them how he appreciates their support he loves everybody he loves tampa and he loves usf didn't say anything about the xfl or the vipers so it is what it is whatever i really hope they lose today 
Ladies and gentlemen, I think that's just about going to do it for this episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Thank you guys so much for hanging tough with us while we figured out the growing pains of doing our first live call-in show. We're hoping to do these every single Sunday once the season starts up. Maybe right after the game, we'll get your guys' raw thoughts about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and how they performed if they won, if they lost. We just kind of have to wait and see. But it's an idea that we're really excited to implement for future shows, and uh, we're happy to bring it to you. The growing pains are out of the way. I think we got things figured out. We really just have to wait and see. But thank you to everyone who called in, or at least attempted to call in. Thank yeah. you for everyone who watched live on YouTube and watched the meltdown that I almost had as I wanted to throw my computer out the goddamn window. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then the triumph that, that Red had. Right, yes. Right? The, the <laughs> moment of victory where we were able to figure everything out and have ourselves a really good football-centered conversation with Mr. Ren from the Pewtercast. Make sure you can check those guys out as well. Evan, any last words before we wrap things up here, my friend? Uh, no, I think uh, I think we're good. Um, but yeah, sorry, like sorry about the the technical difficulties, guys. But uh, I, like we said, though, it's this is a you know first time first time deal, and you know next time should be better. So absolutely. We will talk to you guys next time. Make sure you follow the show on social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast. You can get all the updates on the show there. Next time we go live, we'll post it all there, give you all the info you need, and you can figure out when and where to call us because nobody seems to want to call us today. But it's okay. Those things happen. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for tuning in, and we will catch you guys next time. I am Rhett Matthew signing off for my co-host, Evan Wanish. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Go Bucks! Save big money on your outdoor project now at Menards. We have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth so you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape or enjoy some time on your boat. Right now, all FVP, lawn and garden, and marine batteries are on sale through May 5th. Check out our entire selection of FVP batteries today and view our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.